sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's Tua time. Well, sort of Tua time. The Dolphins are off this week, but ESPN is reporting that Tua Tagovailoa is going to get the next start for the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. So that certainly has our attention here on Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to the show. I'm Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. For the next hour, we got you covered on all your fantasy football needs, but we can wait on Tua because tonight the Los Angeles Dodgers are at it again. Joe, trying to win a World Series for, I believe, the fourth time in five years. Maybe this is the year they finally get it done. They are a prohibitive favorite against the Tampa Bay Rays, but the Rays have been underdogs before. They are no stranger to this, and I think it'll be a very competitive series that gets underway and the pitchers that you want on the mound tonight as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. This is a David and Goliath matchup. This is fun from that perspective. You could certainly write that narrative for these two teams without a doubt. But I think all the pressure is really on the Dodgers when all said and done. I mean, this is the team with the big payroll. This is the team with the big stars. This is the team that's come up short time and time again. And the Rays are that team that just keeps on going, keeps on winning games, and really was made for this 60-game season. So in my opinion, although the line might be all the way where the Dodgers are, I'm also thinking that all the pressure goes along with it, Craig. Yeah, no, there could be for sure. And, I, and I'm very much looking forward to watching this series. I think the baseball postseason has been fantastic this year. I agree. Uh, especially, and, and ironically, not in the first round. Like, it's been much better now in the NLCS yeah. and the ALCS and the division series. I think those games have been really compelling. I'm curious to see what Major League Baseball does next year. All right, so here are our headlines here on Fantasy Sports Today. Tua is going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Fitzpatrick will be the mentor. Fortunately, in this situation, can't speak to this on every team, but in Miami's situation in particular, they got a good thing going here with Fitzpatrick because he's a very good guy. He's going to help Tua out. He's not going to be offended. Uh, And my guess is if Fitz wanted to play another 5, 10 years and back up Tua, they'll let him do it. He's a great guy. World Series starts tonight between 7 and 8 o'clock Eastern. Of course, they say 7 or 7.30. The intros usually last a long time for the first game, but nonetheless, we're going to preview that coming up. Raheem Mostert and my $100 are likely headed to injured reserve, so I'll have to get a Venmo from Joe at some point soon because that's just not going. he's not going to lead the league in rushing this year. I still believe if he was healthy, he'd have a shot. But that's like saying that, uh, you know, that McCaffrey was healthy, would have a shot. Uh, most are not, not going to do it for me. And another player I'm going to have to replace on my roster. The NBA could allow marijuana use without penalty in the next CBA. We'll see how that works out there. Charles Barkley, Steph Curry joining Tiger and Phil in the latest The Match. Those have been pretty entertaining. They're going to do it in Arizona around the 27th uh, of November, right around Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving. And then in terms of the Big Ten, they're back this week. We talked about that a little bit on yesterday's show. If you go back and watch On Demand, you can catch the last couple minutes. We do the Sports Grid 60 every day, talk about an opinion. I talked about Justin Fields. Well, Penn State's certainly going to be formidable to Ohio State in this eight-game schedule. And Journey Brown, their top running back, is not going to play due to a medical condition. He had over 1,000 yards last year for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to have the Big Ten back and then the Pac-12 back the following week. But nonetheless, for sure, Tua starting for the Dolphins is the top story. No question about that. For me, Joe, the focus for the next few days will be on the World Series. And from the manager's perspective, at least watching all of these interviews that I've seen over the last 24 hours, 
they're not only excited about the World Series, Joe, they're excited that they got a day off on Monday and they got a day <laughs> off on Thursday for the first time yeah. in the postseason, two days off in a week. And I think it was warranted, too. I think you could see it was starting to wear a little bit. And I and I kind of feel like that was part of the reason why these last two series have been so good. It's because it's been just no time to downplay, no time for anything to kind of let out of the bubble. It's just been every day, go, 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 and just emptying the tank with all the bullpens and everything you got. And it's just been fun to watch. It's been unbelievable. It's like a sprint, basically, even though the postseason can feel like a marathon a little bit for some of these teams. But I think right now, giving them those two days is very good. Also, I'm starting to think about maybe opening a traveling dispensary that follows NBA teams around because I think this is great news. Uh, I, I get to vote. In fact, I already did vote here in New Jersey for legal marijuana because I don't see the problem with it personally. And uh, I don't know if it's a political issue here on the show. I'll try not to talk about it too long. But I will say this. If it's legal in certain states, it's really tough for the NBA to police it and say, no, you can't do it. How can you tell one group of people you can do this or you can't, and it's legal in the state that they're playing in? I think it's kind of you know hypocritical here. So actually, this is a good thing going around because it's not like it's not happening. So let's kind of be more realistic. What are your thoughts on this whole thing with the CBA and the NBA? Well, that the, the conversation you just had is the same exact thing with gambling. Legal in some states, not legal yeah. in others. Not much of a difference mm. there. So instead of a traveling dispensary, what about the Pisa Pia sports book? There Follow we go. Let's get there. We go. The, the sports you won't have, book to, you won't have to work another day on this show. I assure you, <laughs> I assure you of that. After one day, and, uh, there we go. There's, there's the road. <laughs> there's the road trip right there. Just going around cross country, taking <laughs> wagers, paying out people. Maybe FanDuel will sponsor it. We'll get a thing on a van. You and I can go out there on the road. We could turn it into a show here for the network. It'd be fantastic. I'm sure you and me yeah. on the road would be just just ratings bonanza. There's no doubt about that. But it yeah, would be. <laughs> Yeah, FanDuel probably has you covered on the wagering side, uh, for sure. Yeah, they're, they can they're back doing okay. $10,000 bets, $15,000 bets, and teasers and parlays. <laughs> okay, coming up next, our World Series preview. We'll hear from Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glass now. You're watching Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid. Also, as I mentioned, all of our shows on demand on SportsGrid.com. We have a YouTube channel, 24-hour access to all of our shows, whether it's the early line, the morning after, in-game live, Scott Brown going coast-to-coast. Make sure you catch all of our shows on demand over on sportsgrid.com on our YouTube channel. Uh, Also, coming up tomorrow on our program, Dr. David Chow will weigh in on all of the injuries in the NFL. So that's what we do on our Wednesday show. Here's previews. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. World Series Game 1 tonight. Los Angeles and Tampa Bay. A very bizarre baseball season is coming to a close either this week or next week, but it's been a lot of fun. There's no question about it. Baseball took its share of lumps, its share of COVID tests. Things got right. Things got fun. And now we're in a position, I think, where we have the two best teams, Joe, playing for the World Series. It is a 60-game season. I don't really hear and feel a lot of animosity toward it being a short season and a World Series champion not crowned. For me, and I've been asked this question quite a bit, what is my, if I had a disappointment to the baseball season, if there was anything to me 
that bothered me. And again, I, I think that the season was 90% successful. It didn't feel like it started off that way, but with the COVID, yeah. with the Marlins, me going through that and, and with the Cardinals too, my only regret was the bickering that happened before and that it probably ended up costing Major League Baseball another 10 or 15 games. That being said, would it have shifted the the standings that much at the end of the season? I re- I don't know that it really would have made any difference except for it would have given us a little bit more baseball. But beyond the bickering and the 10 games that we lost, I think that we're set up for a really solid World Series. And going in, if it wasn't the Yankees in the American League, it was the Rays. And it was always the Dodgers as the favorite. Of course, the Braves were up mm-hmm. 3-1 and they could have won the series. I'm not saying that. But this was sort of the way that the way that everybody wanted to see it, except for maybe Yankees, Dodgers, and I can understand that. But look, the Rays were better than the Yankees, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I'm sure that the 68 game season for everybody playing and covering it felt like 162 because of what it was and how difficult it was at times in terms of who was playing, who was not, who was available, how the seven inning game is going to happen. We're going to play 12 doubleheaders on Tuesday, and then Wednesday we're going to go back and play two more for three innings. It was crazy. But I don't think an extra 15 games would have made a difference at all. Uh, we've kind of looked at the smaller sample size of seasons. I remember doing that when we had nothing else to talk about. And you saw 60% of the time the playoff teams were the playoff teams, even the first you know 60 games into the season. So outside of those crazy runs, like let's say that the Washington Nationals have the still champs right now for the next week or so, we really don't see it. Most of the time, the teams are the teams that are the favorites, and they are going to win out most of the time. But I would say this. I think that everybody feels like this is a legitimate World Series. I haven't heard anybody say anything about that. The only bad yeah. news that I could think of, and you're right, the bickering and all the back and forth, I think really hurt everybody in a time where you really kind of just wanted everybody to do what was in the best interest of the country, which was try to just get on the field and play if you could smartly. And if you think that was bad, buckle your seatbelts because next week, uh, next year, rather, with another CBA coming up, it's going to get worse. So that's the only thing is I feel like there's this sense of impending doom for those of you who are baseball fans out there where you know what you saw this summer is going to get rehashed, maybe even tenfold, because it won't be the pressure of the pandemic on the ownership and all the players. It'll just be business as usual in terms of dollars and cents. All right, so let's take a look at the line tonight. The Dodgers are minus 170. That's a pretty big favorite for a World Series Game 1. I got to tell you, as Clayton Kershaw starts against Tyler Glass now, Kershaw, of course, has had his issues, as everybody knows, in the World Series and in the postseason, although he's had a pretty good postseason this year. But any time the guy gives up three runs in a game, it's automatically, oh, he's not good. And so uh, hopefully that changes tonight. Tampa Bay will definitely be ready for him. There's no doubt about that. One question that's interesting in the media day that was asked yesterday that I wanted to bring up today, and Joe and I will talk about this after we hear from Clayton Kershaw, is the notion that L.A. is disappointed. And disappointed in the sense, not that they made the World Series, but they don't get to take out the Astros, the team that took them out, of course, a couple of years ago, and we know what the scenario was there. Kershaw was asked, is there any disappointment at all of not facing them? No. Yeah, we can't think like that. You know, I think the Rays are a very formidable opponent and winning a World Series is going to be special um, no matter who you play and um, you know we 2017 is over we can't we can't you know we can't go back and worry about that but um, yeah all to say it's it's going to be um, you know this World Series against the Rays is, is what we're prepared for now. Notice there was like a three-second pause, by the way. In that <laughs> answer, I, I, I think 
it, again, this I can only share an opinion without fact. Um, and and from knowing players, and and I would guess if you texted these guys and you knew somebody on LA, I probably should do this myself actually, but <laughs> but thinking say, it through, is that you? <laughs> I probably could do that actually. It's a stupid thing for me to say. I should just do it right now. My my guess is if they if you had to ask them privately. I would say that they would probably say, yeah, we really would like to play the Astros here. It's sort of disappointing. But mm-hmm. after tonight, Joe, I don't think anybody's going to be thinking about that. But it, I think it was a fair question. And they did; they were basically innings away from having that opportunity to mm-hmm. really stick it to them after what happened in the World Series a couple of years ago. But let's be honest here. After the first pitch is thrown out tonight, we're not going to be talking about that anymore. No, I mean, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it right now until we played that clip. I'm just thinking, okay, we got the Dodgers and the Rays, and that is a fun story in and of itself. I was peeling through the Clayton Kershaw postseason game log, you know, the one that everybody talks about how bad he's been. What's fascinating about it is he has got a 1.09 whip for 35 appearances in the playoffs, right? That's a lot of appearances, almost 170-plus innings. He's got a 9.8K per nine. He's got a low walk rate, low hit rate. The only thing that's high is that ERA, which is at 4.31, which tells me it's always that one moment in every game where Clayton Kershaw can't get the out he needs and he gives up the big hit or the big moment because the rest of the stats look like Clayton Kershaw except for one, the ERA and the 12 losses. 11 and 12, not a great record in the postseason for sure, but it always just seems like it comes down to one moment for him, and if he can avoid that, then there's success to be had tonight. But honestly, from a wagering standpoint, how do you bet against – <laughs> the Rays tonight, considering where Kershaw has been able, unable to do that in his entire career. Yeah, well, if you are betting the Rays, you're betting pitchers, essentially, because I would guess that mm-hmm. even though Kevin Cash has been quick on the trigger, Tyler Glasnow is going to get a full opportunity to go deep into this game. Ironically, mm-hmm. Glasnow, who is probably the Rays' either second or third best, or maybe even best pitcher, is going to get to face the team that he grew up watching. Oh, I actually didn't watch a ton of sports growing up. I did, obviously, like a good amount, but I was just too – I had to go up and do something, like go outside and whatnot. So I didn't, like, sit in depth and watch baseball, but I would obviously, like, go and watch a few innings and, like, see highlights and everything like that, like a normal kid, I guess. But um, I think the team – like, Sean Green and stuff like that. And I I remember, like, Kershaw even, too. Like, not growing up, but I was, like, probably later in high school and just watching him, like, pitch. Um there's a few, probably honest and like Eric Gagne and those dudes, and I just think too going to the field and like the going to Dodger Stadium and like how electric it was, and I was just I assumed that was how all big league stadiums were, and I think when I got to the big leagues and went around, I was like it's not like sixty thousand people everywhere and super loud, but um, yeah, it's awesome. Just to, I I think it was kind of like nostalgic for me in a way, just to be playing the Dodgers and also just to even play kind of at their stadium. So Glassell will get his opportunity, Joe. He uh, was a Dodgers fan, clearly. California guy. That's pretty evident. <laughs> and, and, and and for me, it's it's it, look, I mean, Charlie Morton is probably your game one, game four, game seven. It, it can't work out that way because the Rays had to go the distance, right, against Houston. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't going to be. Uh, but Glassnow, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people thought he would become an ace in reality, an ace in fantasy. I still think that's on the table. It would really help mm-hmm. if – he could shut down LA though. No, oh, absolutely. Okay. This is a big moment for him. No doubt about that. I, my other big takeaway is that, see, 
Even baseball players have trouble watching a nine-inning baseball game sometimes. That's kind of a problem, I think. But uh, look, Tyler Glass now is absolutely up to the challenge. If you think he's not, then you aren't paying attention to this year. He had some dominant starts and some great starts against the New York Yankees that were huge in terms of turning the tide this year in that American League East to the race side. I mean, we're talking against Garrett Cole kind of starts too, and he had that big start, obviously, in the uh, in the last game of the uh, division series too. So, look, as far as I'm concerned, man, Tyler Glass now is exactly the guy I'd want on that mound. Charlie Morton, probably right there 1A, but I think Glass now was a great opportunity tonight to go out there and really kind of get things off to a good start here for the race. All right, coming up next here on Sports Grid, we're going to dive deeper into the odds on FanDuel. For those of you who bet, this is a great time to do it. They have a lot of options for you on the World Series. And again, it starts tonight around 7, 7.30 Eastern time. Up next, we're going to discuss how many games may the World Series last. Doesn't matter who wins, how many will it last? And who's the potential MVP for the 2020 Fall Classic? We'll also hear from Kevin Cash for the Rays. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to World Series Game 1 tonight. Dodgers, Rays. Who will win? It seems to be a series that's up in the air. If you ask the odds makers, they're going to tell you the Los Angeles Dodgers. But somewhat intriguing, Joe, would be how many games will the series last? So I thought that'd be a good exercise. And by the way, these are lines on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So those of you who are in a state where you can bet legally, just create an account, get signed up on FanDuel. You can get started right away. Also, if you're like me and you can't bet legally in the state of Florida, guess what? It doesn't matter. You can still access FanDuel Sportsbook website. Quick Google search or just type it in, and they have an app as well. You can see all the odds, and I use them a lot of time for this show. So let's take a look right now at how many games will the World Series last, and these are courtesy of our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Clearly, they do not expect a sweep because you can get some really good odds if one of the two teams sweep at 5-1. Wow. So you bet 100 bucks, you're winning a significant amount off that. Now, all the other odds are more or less chalk. You have five games plus 250, six games, which is clearly the favorite here, plus 210, seven games plus 220. In general, Joe, you are not going to see this much significance on a five, six, and seven and such long odds at four. But I think what it does tell you is that at the very least, the two teams are more evenly matched than what the initial game odds may be. Dodgers are favored to win the series. If you're throwing a dart here with five bucks, which one of these would you throw the dart on? I would throw the dart on seven. I mean, it just feels like here's the thing that I look at. You know, they're both very talented teams, but in very different ways. And if you've been watching both these teams, both of them kind of had trouble putting the other team that they were playing away. And at the same time, they have good bullpens in there. So as you get late into games, and I think the other thing too is there's no how should I put this? Big time Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander guy that you think is going to go eight, nine innings kind of, you know, those kind of guys really change the dynamic of a series. And Walker Buehler is a very good pitcher. Clayton Kershaw has had his struggles. I don't think those guys are eight, nine inning guys anymore. And on the Rays side, that's not the way that they play the game. They are very hyper specialized. So I think this is going to be a lot of moves and a lot of back and forth and a lot of games decided later in the bullpen. And to me, it would seem like six or seven is the way to go. And I think the odds are kind of telling you that too. I can't see one of these teams just dominating the other. I think that to me would be shocking of course anything can happen it's baseball but to see a sweep 
by the Dodgers or the Rays or even, you know, four games to one would be really surprising. So to me, I'll take my shot at the seven here and hopefully we can get that as well because more baseball is fun to talk about on the show. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, that's the way that I would go too. I would I would probably think it would go the distance and I don't I don't see a clear-cut favorite in this one. It would be the taking the Rays. I mean, in terms of odds, it would be taking the Rays to win the series for sure, just taking the underdog mm-hmm. here. If you think it's going to go seven games, of course you would take the Rays. And, and look, the equalizer is the guy on the mound tonight for L.A. Because if Kershaw can turn that clock back and pitch three times, I think Dodgers are going to win this series. But I'm not sure that he can. We'll see. Uh, the other equalizer in this thing is that the Dodgers bullpen has not been great. And the Rays bullpen has been fantastic all throughout the playoffs, all throughout the regular mm-hmm. season with a bunch of guys that nobody's ever heard of. And Kevin Cash talked to reporters about that yesterday, specifically saying that, yes, while the ninth inning is extremely important, he is going to put the best guys in when he thinks that there is an opportunity that he can win the game in that spot. There's there's no doubt in, in my mind that the, the last three outs of a game are very challenging. Um, you talk to a starting pitcher, the fifth inning it seems to be a, a challenging point. Uh, stats has probably helped our minds get there. Uh, but I don't think we can deny the fact that getting the last three outs of a game, um, it takes a special mindset to do that. I think we're fortunate that we have a lot of players that have had some reps at it, had success doing it, and when they didn't have success, they were able to kind of learn from what they would have liked to have done differently the next opportunity they got. Uh, saying that, I don't think all games are won and lost in the ninth inning. I think there's games won and lost um, in the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and we're going to try to make the best decisions to to win that inning just like we would the ninth. And, And Joe Cash is one of those managers that seems to always push the right buttons. They have the best analytics behind them in making these decisions, and some people felt like he... Uh, pressed the button too quick on Charlie Morton the other day. It was like universally thought of. Why'd you take him out? And you know what? In the end, it looked like he was right. It turned I, out I thought right it moved. So. I told you the same thing. I thought it when it happened. I said, I can't believe he's doing it. Only because the pitch count was so low. And that game, I mean, this is it, right? The pitch count. So he was so dominant in that game. But hey, he was absolutely right. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. He He nailed it. Yeah, and look, he's been nailing it for years now. So it's so mm-hmm. again, when when national television is watching and we're all watching the same game, one game, it gets magnified. But that doesn't change their approach. They're going to do things the yeah. same way they did them in the regular season, and I don't see that changing in the postseason. Now, in terms of the Dodgers, if they were to win the World Series in Game Four, Five, Six, or Seven, we probably would get an MVP from that team, I would assume. It wouldn't be the Rays winning an MVP. So if the Dodgers win the World Series, Joe, let's take a look at the odds of the potential MVP there. Now, Cody Bellinger was not the NLCS MVP. That was Corey Seager. Those those guys both have 8-1 to one odds there. Kershaw is 9-1. to one. Clearly, he'll have to win tonight, I would assume, to win the MVP of the series because he ain't winning if he doesn't win tonight. Mookie Betts is 9-1. to one. Walker Buehler, who pitches tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, is 10-1. to one. And then Max Muncie is 18 to 1. So, in looking at this, Joe, if you believe Kershaw wins, maybe that is the is the way to go in thinking this through. But if you think that there's a chance that he's coming out after six in a tie game, it may eliminate his chances, as strange as it sounds. It's just kind of the way that the MVP has worked. And then you could go with one of the better offensive bats. Seeger has been the hotter bat. Bellinger may be the better bat overall, but some really good odds. If you, if you nail yeah. any of these, you're making good money. 
I like Mookie Betts, actually, to tell you the truth. I mean, this is a guy who's getting it done defensively and offensively. He's been a huge spark for this team. I think a big difference maker, too. And sometimes you need that player who knows how to win. And Mookie's that guy. I mean, he's been there, right? So to me, I let he beat the Dodgers nonetheless a couple years ago. So for me, I think that's the X factor in the series is Mookie Betts, the guy who is ready to go. He knows what it takes to win this kind of game. And you're right. Seager's been hot. Bellinger's the best guy on that list. I don't think any of the pitchers with LA is the way to go. I really don't. Like I don't see the transcendent. I'm going to throw eight shutout innings pitcher because usually it's the bum garners. It's the Coles. It's the Verlanders. It's those kind of dudes that kind of put you in that kind of situation to win that award. And I don't think the Dodgers have that in the rotation right now. And I think you're asking a lot for Kershaw to turn around that four and a half, almost ERA in the postseason into not one, not two, but maybe in three good starts in order to win that award. I think that's, not necessarily the smartest wager. So for me, I think Mookie Betts is the guy that I would circle, Craig. All right. And uh, Clayton Kershaw, if he is to win the MVP, is definitely going to have to bear down and get that Rays offense out. Not an easy task. And he talked about limiting them and the potential MVP for the Rays in the postseason and the ALCS MVP, Randy Arozarena. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they've got a great team. Um, I mean, without saying, you know, obviously their, their pitching staff is what gets talked about a lot, but they got a lot of guys on the offensive side of it that can, you know, make you pay if you make mistakes. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Rosarena, the way he's going right now, swinging the bat really well. Um, try to limit him as much as you can, but they got a lot of guys. You know, obviously they try and play the platoon advantage, so they got a lot of guys switching in and out right, left, but, um, you know, they got a great team. And let's take a look at the Rays MVP odds. If the Rays were to win the World Series, or if you think that they are, then maybe these are good options for you. Randy Rosarina is at 10 to 1. No other hitter here at the FanDuel Sportsbook hmm. listed. Tyler Glass now 12 to 1, Blake Snell 16 to 1, and Charlie Morton 20 to 1. I mean, simply put, Joe, you could think it could be a, a G Man Choi or a Meadows or a Lau. But, I mean, I don't think FanDuel wants to give money away, you know? And so <laughs> throwing them out there, I mean, I would throw a dollar on all the names you just mentioned. Why not? Right? Oh, absolutely. Give, give Why not? Forty-one. It's the Rays. Why oh. not? Right? So I, I, I can't disagree with that. Not to have those on. Yeah. A Rosarena to me, that, that's the one unknown here is we own baseball is a game of streaks, right? And nobody's been hotter than this guy for the last couple of weeks. But streaks usually come to an end. If it should come to an end here, it's going to really hurt the Rays' offense because he has been that guy, big hit after big hit, home run after home run, moment after moment. He's been the dude, and uh, I just I hope that bat does not go cold here. It's just it's just the law of averages. It's just baseball. It's not that the guy's even a bad player. It's just has he faced these guys before? <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's the that's the big difference here is you know you don't have as much on the Dodgers if you're the Rays as you have on some of the other teams that you've been facing. So you have more data and all this other stuff that you can go off in your own at bats and your own comfortability factors. So I don't know, man. This is tough. Uh, Rosarena needs to keep hitting, I think, for the Rays to really stay in this. And I hope he does. I think he will. But we all know baseball is a game of streaks. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And the Rays. By the way, not fortunate to be here because they deserve to be here, but there's mm -hmm. questions about whether or not you could win with a payroll under $40, 50000000 million. But the Rays have definitely proved that to be the case. Tyler Glass now talked about the differences between how much money both teams pay out their players. I, don't know, I think that last year we kind of realized like we were we could compete with really anyone here. So I don't know if it, there's like any intimidation or anything like that. I think we all understand how good we are as a team. Um, I, I think stepping outside of it, knowing that like they all do have high payrolls and we have like the lowest, is pretty 
outstanding. I just say in terms of like just numbers in general, just like how good the front office has done and what the organization has done to put this team together is pretty amazing. But as far as competition goes, I don't really think payroll is like too much of something that players think about. For me anyway, I just think it's kind of like you see who's out there, who's on, who's in the lineup, and you attack them accordingly. It's good for teams, right? It's good for organizations, Joe, when you don't have to pay players and you win. But then it also forces those same organizations to make some important decisions. And a lot of them are going to be taking the executives away from the Rays, Joe, this offseason and saying, hey, do what they did, right? Like, we don't want to yeah. pay anybody. We just want to do exactly we what they did. We want to win for free. Everybody wants to win for free. I mean, come on. I wonder if Tyler Glasgow is going to feel the same when he's a free agent in a couple years, too, about, oh, it's not a big deal. Teams don't don't like payrolls and big payrolls and all this stuff. I'm sure he'll feel a little bit differently, and his agent will also. But, look, it's a great story. There's no doubt about that at the same time. I think to myself, man, imagine how good the Rays could be every year if they just bumped that up to 50. And I guess that's where I kind of struggle with the, the Rays team right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. They keep winning every year, so I know whatever they're doing, it seems to be working. No doubt about that. Uh, fantasy reality is on deck for us. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll have it for you as we continue here on Fantasy Sports today on Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty-four-seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, FST Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Great to be with you here on this Tuesday. Normally, Tuesdays are our Look back at Monday Night Football and look ahead to the rest of the week. We will have Thursday Night Football to preview this week, of course, and a host of college and pro games coming up on Saturday and Sunday. And no doubt we will cover the World Series for you every day right here on Fantasy Sports Today from a wagering perspective, for us from a baseball perspective, and you will hear post-game interviews, and we'll break those down. Who's saying what? Every game now until the end of the season because as much sports as we've had, Joe, we had baseball. We had basketball. We had hockey. We still have golf, NASCAR. Mm -hmm. But let's be real. Like, after baseball ends, we're back to kind of normal sports again here where it's just going to be college and pro football until yeah, uh, uh, basketball, I guess, next month. I guess that's well, it. it's weird because this is when NBA would normally be starting up, <laughs> right? So we really, usually end of October, we're getting the NBA starting. Well, it just finished. So I think they're going to take a couple months off, see how that goes for them. Uh, but yeah, it is it is kind of weird to think that in a week or so, when we turn the page into November, it's just going to be, well, it's just going to be football, like kind of we're used to for the most part. And that is going to be a weird thing. Normal in 2020 just haven't really gone together very well. I would definitely say, uh, but look, we got a great world series here. That's going to be fun. So I want to enjoy that here. If it's anything like last year's, which I watched every inning of, it was awesome. It was so fun. I could not believe that no home team with a crowd. Remember when they used to have crowds back in baseball? Remember those days? Oh, those are crazy times that nobody could win a home game in a world series. That was shocking. It was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. And uh, then again, that was before I saw 2020. So that is no longer the strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, well, they are saying that there's going to be 25,000 people at the World Series, maybe 30. Mm -hmm. So we'll see tonight on television how many they let in and, and how many end up showing up for this thing tonight. But there were a decent amount of people at, at the last series. So we'll see if that number grows tonight or stays the same. Okay, time for fantasy or reality. Let's start it off. 
And I saw this this morning and thought, oh, we're really doing this again. I guess we are. Here, Here we, we go. go. Here we go. Fantasy reality, Clemson could beat the Jets. <laughs> I was just having this conversation yesterday with my podcast host who also hosts college football. And he said, he rolled his eyes, he goes, this is the dumbest thing ever. It's so dumb because you're telling me that, you know, professional football players can't beat a bunch of 20-year-old kids and all this stuff. And my argument was, but aren't a bunch of these 20-year-old kids going to be all these guys in the first three rounds of the draft that everybody's going to want to take? And how many kids from Clemson are about 10 guys some years from some of these teams like Alabama and Clemson? How many guys? There might be 10 guys in the Jets next year that don't have a job in the NFL. I don't know the way they're currently constituted and how well Clemson executes and how good the quarterback play is. I think it could be competitive. I think this is reality. It's going to be fun. I know you say no, but I don't care. I think it's reality. I think Clemson could be the Jets. You don't think that they could get it done? Really? Four quarters of football? Really? No, no. The Jets? How about the Cowboys? (laughs) Maybe not. No, No. Uh, no, no college team could ever beat a pro team. It just it just couldn't happen. It, it, this conversation comes up, and, and and by the way, there's been a couple Alabama teams that have been better than this Clemson team. I know Clemson's rolling people, Joe, but they're rolling a they're rolling a horrible conference here. You know, like I mean, it's they're true. beating they're beating terrible teams in the ACC. Uh, yeah, fantasy for me. Uh, I would love to see them them do this so we don't ever have to talk about this again. Like just one once. year would be great. Can we do that? That'd be so great. It would be I mean, great. honestly, it would be great just to have Alabama. Play against, I, in this case, yeah, the Jets. I mean, do I really maybe, need the Bumblebee Tuna Bowl? Like, can I get this game instead? This is what I want. There's so many random bowl games. I want to see the Jets and Clemson. That's what I want to see. I mean, Clemson will never do it, obviously. But still, yeah. no, I, well, I think I, this I, I year, looking at the rosters. I, I think all the college teams, Joe, would do it. I don't think an NFL team would want to step on the field there. Because in the yeah. case that they go down seven nothing or something like that, it would be a total embarrassment. So I, I okay. Would, I'll, I'll, I let me rephrase the that. question: Do you think that it could be a competitive game between, let's say, the best team in college football and, let's say, uh, the worst team in the NFL? These competitive. I mean, look, the jet the Jets are teetering on the worst team I've ever seen. That's true. They mm-hmm. are teetering on that. I, I would tell you this: Check back with me at the end of the season and and i'll and i'll be able to make a better assessment on that because again we are still six weeks in and i go back to the same thing as last year if you looked at the dolphins on october 20th 2019 in a million years you would have you would have said what is the spread miami at new england last game oh new england minus 40 right and miami went in and beat new england like please like let let's let's slow it down until the end of the year. Let's let's see Sam Darnold back in there. I, I still don't think the Jets are going to win more than a game or two. But you're, you're talking. I mean, did you do you remember how bad Flacco was oh, last year with Enderman? It was oh, just. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm compounding. I'm taking Flacco and putting him with the Jets now. And look, I I, I think. We'll find out more with Dr. Chow later tomorrow whether or not, you know, we're we're going to get. I don't even know, know what to do with Sam Darnold like, back. No I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I, I think uh, I think they could be competitive Clemson, at the very least. Way. It, it's not Clemson. It, it would have been like Alabama's teams from like from four two or years five ago. years ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe USC's team with Leinert and Bush and Jared and those guys they had there. Well, like, I there guess, have and, been that, some- and that's what I always say. It's like when you when you look at the rosters and you say, well, well, there's 10 NFL players on this roster. And everyone says, well, you can't compete. But meanwhile, those guys are the ones who are running, you know, going into the league and making huge impacts. Some of those 10 guys. And I don't know. Well, I, I know. But get some so of the-, the guy can kick off return on special teams. These poor kids in college are going to get mauled. They're going to be running back for touchdowns every single time. Punt returns and kick returns. I mean, the special teams players in college, the level from that to pro is like true. Just, true. It's astronomical. Uh, the kickers are the same, though, the punters. Okay, fantasy or reality. Here we go. Josh Allen will be the best quarterback of his draft class. Is that fantasy or reality? And give me the other names that we are throwing out here. And oh, sure. To. Well, let's see. The draft class was already reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. Uh, but who hasn't quite been the same standard of what he was last year. It's Baker Mayfield. It's Sam Darnold. And, of course, Josh Rosen, who I'm sure we could kind of take and so throw it's one guy. Basically. It's one. I mean, at this stage, it is one guy. And I think although yesterday was not the best Josh Allen game, it's hard to deny that he hasn't really stepped up and really started to develop into more of an, a well-rounded quarterback. Whereas I think we look at Lamar Jackson and some of the passing numbers and we – you know, haven't seen that year over year. Now, look, he threw a lot of passing touchdowns last year. He led the league in passing touchdowns. But it's starting to feel six weeks of the season like that might be an anomaly, like everything kind of broke right last year. And I think Lamar Jack, look, in terms of fantasy, Lamar Jackson's still a great quarterback. I want all the Lamar Jacks I could possibly have. But at the same time, I'm trying to project out long-term here. And what I'm seeing year over year is a bit of a flat line from the big, huge jump that Lamar Jackson made. Whereas right now we're kind of in the middle of that jump that Josh Allen's making. And although yesterday, like I said, not not the greatest game. Again, bad weather, facing the Super Bowl champs. You could throw a lot of things out there possibly. But I don't know if this is crazy to think about when all is said and done that we look back and Josh Allen might be the best one. I'm going to say it's a fantasy right now. But I'll tell you what, if you told me three years from now, you asked me the same question and I said, oh, no, it's clearly Josh Allen. Like, I don't, I mean, Sam Darnold's going to be on another team next year. I think that goes without saying. And uh, I, I think Sam Darnold's going to be happy for that. Baker Mayfield, I mean, I think we can all say that that probably the consensus, the brain trust got it wrong there, taking him one overall. But at the time, it seemed like a good thing on paper to do. Like Rosen is a non-factor. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. think right now it, this is fantasy, but it could be reality sooner than you think. There's no one else in the second or third round that has a shot that got drafted a quarterback. It was Will I don't Greer. know. I'm, Brett I'm would to... have to look. Brett would have yeah, to look. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go I, back I, and look at that. But I'll, I'll also say it was fantasy a very quarterback-heavy like first round. It was a very quarterback-heavy yeah. first round. I, I got Jackson ahead of, of Josh Allen still and, and probably moving forward. But he's definitely number two, and I don't think that we would have thought that. I, I remember watching Sam Darnold in college thinking he was going to be a star. I, I really I really have to say. Well, who's Rosen I never there? felt great about. But but I, I thought, even though Darnold's final season wasn't as good as the previous one, USC wasn't great around him, and I, and I thought he would be good. I really did. And, and he still may be good on another team, but to me, that's a misfire on my part because I remember well, thinking, you know wow, the Jets got it. And you know what? The Jets might have had it and ruined it, which would not be the first time that's ever happened. Maybe. So here's, here's the thing. I mean, if you're the Bears right now, and you're you've had it with Trubisky and Foles is only a short term answer. Why wouldn't you want to take a shot on a guy like Sam Darnold? Like to me, that there's a I think there's going to be teams lining up to offer a draft pick in the third oh, round or fourth round for Sam yeah. Darnold. He's young and he really oh, hasn't gonna had have to a more good complement of weapons. Yeah, I think they'll have to give up more than that. Maybe third round, more than a third. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how healthy. I, I mean, Rosen went for a second, Joe. 
Yeah, but again, he had more time left on the contract than Darnold does now. Darnold's only got one year, yeah, I think, maybe, left. Now. Maybe a third. Maybe a third. Then I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, I, I, Indianapolis is another team too. Look, a lot of teams could use a yeah. quarterback after the year, and and the Jets will not be playing at an advantage once they take and get and get Lawrence if that ends up happening. Remember, I still think Minnesota's got a shot at this, but <laughs> if they end up with Lawrence. If they do, they're, they're, they don't have a ton of leverage there because everyone knows they're going to have to move them. That's the unfortunate part about it. Okay, let's move on finally here. I was unaware of this until I saw this on our show for today. Apple has bought the rights to the specials, the Charlie Brown specials that air during those holidays and their streaming platforms. And so fantasy reality, the question is Apple is evil for keeping Charlie Brown specials off TV. So let me let me understand this a little bit better before I answer this one here. <laughs> I feel a little unprepared on this one. So you're telling me that Thanksgiving night and, and Charlie Brown Christmas and all those CBS shows that they usually air, they're not going to be on TV this year because Apple's putting yeah. them on their on their Apple TV. Is that this is accurate? This is that's what's happening here? Yeah. As of right now, as of yesterday, when I was reading this article, it said that Apple would not answer if they would allow one broadcast television of it. Now, that is stunning. That in and of itself is is evil because 2020 has been horrendous. Okay, so if they should not have the great pumpkin or not. and, And the irony, by the way, is not lost on me. How dare Apple do this and have a monopoly in the commercialization of the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which is all about the uncommercialization of Christmas? Is the irony not lost on people, for God's sakes? Can we stop and pause and take that in for a moment? Oh, Apple, look, it's been a long time. Are they going to take Frosty the Snowman? I don't know. What's next? This is a very slippery slope. First thing, Charlie Brown. The next thing's Frosty the Snowman. Who knows where things are going to go? All I'm saying is they didn't give a straight answer about it, which is leading people to think that they won't. But I can't imagine the backlash that you're not going to get at least one one viewing of one of these specials. Come on, man. Were you a Frosty Returns fan? What did you think of that one? Oh, it's the worst thing ever. Unwatchable. Unwatchable Frosty yeah. Returns. Even the first Frosty is kind of like, okay, oh, Frosty, oh, whatever. Come on. First one's great. Good. Charlie Brown, I like. What? Frosty, I like. You know what's good? Underrated is those uh, prep and landing ones they did a couple years ago, the Pixar ones about the elves who come in. My kids love the prep and landing. Very good. Two thumbs up there for the prep and landing specials. It's hard to make new good Christmas specials, and they've been showing them the last couple years. Pixar always gets it right, man. I'm telling you, they did a nice job with those. Those are fun. All right. Well, here in the uh, in in the Jewish household that we are, we still watch all of those. But you'd say yeah. it's really hard to make a good Christmas special. I w- I, I'm always still waiting for a Hanukkah special here. So that's that's yeah. what we'd like here in it's, this household. It's so, tough. It's tough. It is it is hard to do. Instead, we get the lions on Thanksgiving Day. You know that's the. Yeah. All right, we'll Charlie take a break Brown. here, and we'll have the fourth grid sixty coming up next. So make sure you stay tuned. And Joe and I will be back here tomorrow, noon to two Eastern. A recap of Game One of the World Series. Also, the latest in inj- injuries from Doctor Chow will tell us what the latest is on Raheem Mostert. What we can expect from the Eagles on Thursday night from their back position, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for Fantasy Sports today. Back two minute grid. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
And welcome back, Scott Farrell, Coast to Coast, later today, right here on Sports Grid. You'll catch me doing a preview of the World Series if you tune in a little bit later, around 4.30, 4.45 on the East Coast. I'll go one-on-one with Scott and give you a preview of the game tonight between Los Angeles and Tampa Bay. Now it's turned over for the Sports Grid 60 as we end the show with Joe. Take it away. Do you know why the Rays are good every single year? I'll tell you why. Short-term commitments. That's right. They're kind of like the millennials of baseball organizations. They don't like to get into long-term things. They like to keep their options open. In fact, when they have a good player, they go, oh, you want to stay here for four years and how much money? I think it's better if we just part ways. Oh, really? You're done with this young prospect? We'll take him for you. We like short-term commitments. That's what they do. They don't have the big onerous contracts of guys like Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. So although they'll lack those star power, big-time main attractions, guys you know the thing they have every year flexibility flexibility younger players in fact also shorter term commitments even look at charlie morton when they do go after an older player ah, let's give charlie morton two years that seems about right two more years you do a good job and then we'll be on to the next guy they're always looking they're always swiping ready for whoever the next is going to be and that's what keeps the rays in it every single year All right, well said. Uh, I'll move on to some news of the day that we did not get to that I don't like to see, which is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars stating there's a chance that they could be benching Gardner Minshew. What is wrong with you, Doug Marone? This is your only shot to stay with Jacksonville and win any games. Your backup is Mike Glennon. You have zero chance to win any games with him at quarterback. Minshew is arguably the most fun quarterback in the entire NFL. This guy gives 100% every single game, running around, throwing passes. They basically traded their best defensive player and lost their best offensive player in the offseason and sent the message that essentially they were tanking. We know that there's no tanking in Gardner Minshew. He's trying to win. Let him ride out the season for the 16 games. Do us all a favor. Don't talk about benching Minshew mania. Terrible idea. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Brett, of course, and Danny, all the folks at LTN. For Joe Pizzatina, I'm Craig Mish. We'll catch you tomorrow here, Wednesday at noon, for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Enjoy the World Series. We'll see you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.